This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com host. When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah, <laughs> did you hear about that? <laughs> I didn't find the one. I found someone I respected and we made it the one. In the sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on the one hand. On the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations, because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. I'm very honored to introduce today's guest, the award-winning actress and icon, Michelle Yeoh. Michelle and I sat down at the Goop office the day her new show, The Brother's Son, premiered on Netflix. I might be biased because my husband Brad wrote it and produced it, but it is truly phenomenal. In it, Michelle plays a complete badass of a mother in a way that only she could. Today, we talked about Michelle's beginnings as a ballet dancer in England, which unexpectedly led her to a career in acting. We also talked about responsibility and family and why Michelle decided early on in her career to step away from acting, to prioritize her first marriage and how she feels about that decision now. If you'd like to watch a short video snippet of our chat, you can check it out on Goop's YouTube page at youtube.com goop. Otherwise, just keep listening. Here is my conversation with Michelle Yeoh. You live in Paris, right? We live between Paris and Geneva. Paris and Geneva. Yeah. How long have you lived there? I think seven, eight years. Seven or eight. Yeah. How do you like it? I love it. I do. I do. Yeah. But then I'm not there all the time. Right. Like we travel all, you know, always. Working so a lot. I don't speak French. Doesn't help. Do you want to <laughs> learn French? I tried. I think I'm dyslexic. <laughs> I don't understand the feminine and masculine. It's you know, hard. Right? It's yeah. like a mustache. Why is it feminine? I don't get it. So, you know, it's like you can't make any correlation. Uh, you know how sometimes you have to remember things? Yeah. So my brain is already so full of nonsense. There's yeah. just no space for it at the moment. I can relate. <laughs> what do you love about living in Paris? I love Paris. 
It's one of the most, truly one of the most beautiful cities yeah. in the world. And I love walking down the Seine because yeah. we live close by. So I literally just go to the Eiffel Tower, mm -hmm. follow the river, walk all the way to Notre Dame. Amazing. Yeah. And what are your favorite restaurants there? I have oh. to ask. Well, we're very good friends with Guy, Guy Savoie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's good always to nice have. to be able to have the chef's table. And so watch, great. you know, these amazing people at work. Yeah. Then there's this Italian that's run a, a place called Strezza, oh, which yeah. is run by you, the, the brothers. Yeah, right. So fun. So and then we have a great uh, chef from Thailand. Amazing. Yeah. So I personally, I like to stay at home. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Were you 15 when you went to England? Mm -hmm. Yeah, almost 16. And so explain to me how you got from Malaysia to England. Like what? precipitated that. <laughs> I always wanted to go because ballet is my first love, right? And fortunately, both my parents were very forward, liberal thinking. And my dad has always said to us, the one thing I'm really responsible for is your education. Mm -hmm. But you choose what you want to study. He never dictated to any of us, you know, you have to be a lawyer or a doctor or, you know. So I guess at that point, I was the black sheep of the family <laughs> because, you know, I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer. And I wanted to go to a ballet school. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the most famous one is the Royal Academy of Dance, but yes. that's in London. And that was, the, I think, the only no-no. He, he was thinking maybe not so quick to London. Right. Being in a boarding school would be much better because mm -hmm. then at least my parents felt that they it was safer because mm -hmm. Being in a boarding school, you would be kept, you know, yeah. in a um, contained environment. Yeah. And I went to Chester, which is one of the most beautiful cities in England. Yeah. And I was living my dream because, you know, you start at nine, you danced all day and until, mm -hmm. and then you, I only did like five O-levels, which was fantastic because right. at that point, I never really thought that I was not an academic. I didn't want to be an academic. I didn't really want to study. And guess what? Being an actress doesn't help, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I find that I'm studying more than I ever have so before. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> so I chose the school. I found a sister school to the Royal Academy of Dance called the Hammond School. And by myself, I, my parents were very, they were, they were very bold. I mean, they were confident that, you know, I was old enough to be able to handle myself. Took the train. From where? From London to oh, Chester. I was going to say, okay, from, <laughs> Not Malaysia. from Malaysia. I don't know how that train goes. <laughs> that would be a very long train. That would be a very long train. <laughs> and so at what point, you know, so you're, you're in Chester, you're, I imagine you spoke English before you got oh, there. Yes. Yeah. Fortunately. Fortunately. Yeah. yeah. And so you're kind of ensconced with British, mostly British people studying dance. Was it a very different experience than being a kid in Malaysia? It is very, well, yes and no, because Malaysia is a very cosmopolitan yeah. society. I've never been, actually. Oh, you have to. I, I think would you would to. really love it. We're, it's all about nature as well. Mm -hmm. We have the oldest rainforests there. We have the seas. We have the mountains. Mm -hmm. But we also have the dynamics of different uh, cultures. We have the mm -hmm. Indians, the Malays, the Chinese, and we've lived harmoniously Amazing. always. So, you know, growing up, embracing different cultures was very much part of the life mm. as a child you know you we wouldn't be able to say that we were different we always felt yes yeah mm. you're muslim you're a hindu i'm a buddhist but so what mm. right we 
And we enjoyed the fact that we have all these different holidays. So in that way, so when I went to study in England, fortunately, English and Malay is our main languages. So I already had the advantage of being able to speak the language and work my way around it. And being in a ballet school, it was very interesting because it was quite international as Mm. well. We had uh, girls from the Caribbean, from Africa. I was, there were only two Asian girls, a Japanese girl and myself. There were not so many of us in that particular school. And I, th- I think at that time, it wasn't a choice. It, it was very much ballet was more for, you know, the, the corps de ballet. Mm. You don't really see Asian girls dancing in that background or as a principal dancer for that matter. Right. So it took a long time before we got to where we are today. But at that point, I didn't care. I mean, I was with girls who loved what, we were all doing together. So, you know, we would have cookies and tea and be stretching on, you know, watching TV. And can you imagine these little ballerinas, everyone with their legs apart like that, sitting <laughs> on the floor, doing their stretches the whole time. Like so a little, it was fantastic. Like a Degas painting come to life. <laughs> That's yeah. so great. And so at what point did you understand that there was a career in performing or how did you go from doing ballet to film? Oh, it was a, it wasn't a choice, actually. It, I never, I not for one second when I was a kid thought that one day I would be an actress. Even though when I was young, my mom took us to the cinemas all the time. She loved the movies. And I would sit there and stare up at the silver screen and thinking, oh, wow, this is, this is fun. You know, horror stories, Tarzan. So we had the full, you know, range of different kind of genre of films mm-hmm. that we would watch. And when I was, I had an incident while I was training in my ballet and on the second year, almost my last year, and I hurt my bad my back so badly, I was told that I had to back off and not be able to do the courses that I was doing, not mm-hmm. be able to dance like from nine till five. And fortunately, the the principal of the school, Mrs. Hammond, she said, you know, darling, there's so much more than just ballet, <laughs> which is true. I mean, when you're a 17 year old, I mean, that that is your whole thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much that I wanted to be a ballerina. I just want, I love that world of, you know, being uh, able to teach just in the world of dance. And so she encouraged me to do a degree in dance. And she helped me go into get into college. And which was where? In Crewe and Alsager, which is now the Manchester University. <laughs> and it was a, it's a same but different world. I couldn't dance as much mm-hmm. as I did before. I had to do a little bit more academic, you know, history of dance. But what I loved was the choreography of dance and how mm-hmm. that all came about. And also not just only doing ballet, but conte- learning about contemporary dance dance, which was actually a great help to me now mm. that I think about it, especially in the, the what I do yeah, today. Course. Yeah, so I mean, you can't help but draw correlation between ballet and martial arts. That's right. I mean, it's, it's just one form of movement to another. Yeah. And uh, a complete mastery over, uh, you know, core, and control yes. your core and yeah. all the little accessory muscles. And <laughs> the, all the other accessories that we have. Exactly. <laughs> so you finish in Manchester. I finished in Chester. Sorry about about the weather uh, crew oh no it's sure well, that's english weather for you yeah. you know it makes you appreciate when you go back to asia and you you have sunshine the whole day i finished there i graduated and i actually did a minor in drama i thought it would help oh. 
But if my professors at that time, you said to them one day, I was called Chu. I didn't have Michelle as a name at that point. Okay. Is going to be an actress. They would bet their last pound that it would never happen wow. because I was so bad <laughs> at it. I had, st- first of all, I had stage fright. Oh my <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. It wasn't even funny. I was like, what the hell? I did everything I could, could to sky lesson. <laughs> play truant. Uh, I don't know how I survived it. But anyway, it, it it taught me that I really couldn't do it at all. Okay. So that's why I don't do stage work. Oh, interesting. I, no, not like the the great English actors. You know, right. they're more into Shakespearean, you of know, course. theater and, and the whole works. So for me to go into film was actually by accident. Someone had seen a photograph of myself and asked if I would do a commercial in Hong Kong. Oh, so yeah. when you left England, you went to Hong Kong? So when I graduated, I went back to Malaysia in hopes that I would go back to England because I did love being right. in that environment surrounded by, you know, artists and dancers mm-hmm. and choreographers. Yeah. But then my mom, lovely as she is, she enrolled me in Miss Malaysia. <laughs> Are you kidding? I did no, not know I this. am not kidding. She actually... Actually, I wonder if it's it's illegal now because she falsified my signature. (laughs) I think at this point, you know, it's water under the bridge. So I had to stay on in Malaysia because, you know, I had duties as Miss Malaysia. Wait, did you win? Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. It was like, how did that happen? Then I... Well, I can understand, but it just seems like not totally aligned with who no, you are. No, it's not me. <laughs> it totally is not me. I think it's really my mom. But anyway, you know, that's what moms do. That's right? what they do. <laughs> then when I was given the opportunity to go to Hong Kong and do this commercial, you know, when you're 22 and you think, why not? Yeah. So I did. And my first commercial was actually with Jackie Chan. Oh, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> so we've known each other for quite a few years. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. how many times have you worked with him? No, actually, we only did one movie together, and that nearly killed the both of us. Yeah. We actually watched that movie recently in oh, Santa Barbara. I know both of us go like, what the heck were we thinking? And Brad was saying, that was really you doing all of those yeah. stunts. I mean, I watched it myself, and I go, wow, you crazy woman. Crazy. Yeah, and people would ask Jackie and myself, oh, I thought you all don't have green screen in in Hong Kong, right? <laughs> and we both looked at each other and go, you did green screen? How come I didn't do any of that? Everything on the train was real. We were on a tra- on the train. It's insane. I know, I know. It's That's why insurance, they don't, they take one look at our names and go, no, no, <laughs> not going there with these two crazy people. <laughs> so how did the commercial turn into the first film role? And what was it? So the commercial, well, Dixon Poon was the the instigator for the commercial. And at that point, he, being a businessman, he also invested into making movies. So he has signed on actors. He just started a production company called DNB with Sam Hong. Mm-hmm. And so he was signing on new actors, actresses, and they offered me a film contract after that commercial. So like the old school studio system yes, of like... Yes, that's right. Amazing. <laughs> and so what was the first one? 
The first one was actually an action film called Owl vs. Dumbo. <laughs> I know, the best names ever. It's better in Chinese. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't sound right in English. And what is it, it in was, Chinese? Uh, it is Mao Tao Ying Yu Xiu Fei Zheng. That's right, right? It sounds more It weird. sounds good. <laughs> so it was really, it was an action film. Where Sammo Hong and George Lam, you know, at that era with Jackie Chan, it was always the guys. They yeah. were the protectors. They were the the men who saved all the damsel in distress. Right. And in that movie, uh, myself and my co-star Dini Yip, we were social workers. We were bullied by everyone in sight, you know, and we were the whimpering ones who had to be rescued by these two guys. But as I watched them do their martial arts, it was choreography. Yep. It was like a huge dance piece, you know, with just different speed and different ways of throwing their arms and legs around. So after I, I watched that, I was, I, I talked to uh, my producers and I said, I would love to be able to try something like this. And of course, one look, beauty queen, <laughs> girl, <laughs> you think you can do all that? <laughs> they didn't. I don't think they took me seriously at that point. <laughs> so did you start to learn martial art on yes. your own? I didn't. So fortunately, one of the producer's wife, she was a writer. She was of a very popular magazine. And she turned around. She said, you guys are really dumb. You know, you, you sign on this very different girl from Malaysia, from England. But you want to put her in the same box as you do with all your other... Then why? Right. Right? Why yeah. don't you let her do something that's different? I mean, then they thought about it and they thought, well, the most uh, popular movies in Hong Kong at that stage were uh, comedy and action. So they said, well, you know, we can let her try. If it doesn't work, then we'll put her right back in the box again. Right. So they let me try. And what was that film? That one was called Yes, Madam, and where I was a detective. That's why they called the cops, the lady cop, Madam. And I played this detective. And I think what it was, was we made it a point that I wouldn't look all buffed up and, you know, ready. It was like, yes, she was, she was a detective. Right. But she wasn't going to walk around. You know, right. so when so we a actually, feminine detective yes. who then could kick ass, yes. and right. that gave it an element of surprise when it did happen. The you know the audience went, "Whoa, okay, what the hell is all this thing?" And what they loved was the fact that I fought in a very different but similar way. Mm. You see, the with my ballet training, my movements were a little bit more graceful yeah. in that sense. And I could throw my legs a lot higher than everybody else, right? I could do kicks that the boys go, ouch, that looks really painful. <laughs> <laughs> so it gave me a, a, an edge. Yeah. And, but because I also came from a background of, I was very sporting. I did squash, I, you know, I played, I swam, I did all the different sports activities. And that helped with the transference, not just of movements, but of power. Amazing. So, yeah. I mean, it's it. So, so were you kind of the first? I know. I think Rotten Tomatoes definitely calls you the greatest female action hero of all time. But were you sort of the first one in the in? Oh no! In in the Hong Kong history of filmmakers in the sixties, there were sorts women, legendary sorts women who okay. were were very well known. You know, were crafted, were highly uh, skilled fighters, warriors, yeah. even. But then it was only in the late 70s, 80s onwards, it sort of the power shifted 
and then women were sort of like, no, you better be demure. We men used to be strong, and mm. uh, so it went through a period. But then, fortunately, it shifted again. Right, and then women are sort of portrayed in the more natural thing yeah. that we can do. Yeah, which is multifaceted. We, yes. We can be soft and we can be exactly. not so soft. <laughs> when the time is right, we That's have to right. do the right thing. <laughs> Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com host. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. And did it feel like, could you feel the power of the example that you were starting to show other women? At the beginning, I didn't really, it wasn't conscious to show other women. It was, first of all, to show myself that why are we not allowed to do these kind of things? It just didn't feel right or sound right. Then afterwards, when you you find more and more women relating to it and being more vocal about it, then you go, Mm. yes. I think that's, you know, when we have to learn to speak up and speak for each other. And so it did, it did, it it made a huge impact in that way. Absolutely. I mean, especially, you know, at that time, and I don't know if sort of pervasively in Asia, women are still kind of supposed to be more demure, but Mm -hmm. to see that example of just Mm -hmm. like unmitigated strength and power, I mean, it's, it's very inspiring. Mm, mm. I think it was really necessary because it's very interesting. It's very it, there's a big contradiction as well because you know in the Asian homes the 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 mothers are the nurturers. Yeah. The mothers hold the the key to the wealth in in a sense because they look after the family in their own way. But at the same time, it seems like they are always the one behind. You know two steps behind. I mean, it's it's always been like that in mm-hmm. Asia. So women have not spoken out for themselves for the longest of time because they felt that, mm-hmm. you know, my mothers did that, my mother-in-law is like that, and my grandmothers were like that. So it's self-pervasive mm-hmm. is a good word to use, yeah. but it was this, it was just generally accepted. I and think is in it, the whole of Asia. Is it is it changing now? It's changed, but still, you know, you still feel like the younger generation. Sometimes when I go back to uh, Hong Kong or to Asia and I have the the young generation come up to me and she say, you know, my grandmother says, why do I want an education? Because the grandmother still feel and still think in that way. Mm -hmm. And then they still get very hurt when Mm -hmm. the sons are more important. They feel like their brothers are more important than them. And it's always very clear, especially when the will is being read, mm-hmm. that the sons get oh, more and ouch. the girls are like, what 
Am I not family? So you, unfortunately, you still have that. You still have the first son syndrome, right? Where primogeniture um, kind of thing. Yeah. So that's why I think now when you can adopt, keep your own name, even when you're married, it's also very important for yeah. the girls. It's like, why do we have to change our names? Yeah, absolutely. Right? So it's that's. I think that was one of the things that the Chinese parents used to think is mm. like when the girls marry they go somewhere else mm -hmm. they join another family right so you know everything should be kept within this family it's yeah. a very warped sense of thinking yeah. yeah it's interesting because you know it's like those cultural things take such a long time to make a shift but mm -hmm. again that's why i think like especially in a culture like that what your why your performances are so important because I think, especially when there are rules, you know, the, like the more rules a country has or the mo more like, you know, I don't want to say oppressive, but like. But it is oppression. It is. You know, it is. then art is like the only place where real freedom exists yeah. and where you can get moved to the idea that something else is possible for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be very inspiring because I guess it's also through art and our medium is like we shine the torchlight very yeah. clearly on, you know, subject matters that sometimes we are not, we are unable to bring forth. Yeah. For example, brother's son, it's like the, the role of a mother, what is an obligation to family, you know, yeah. as, a, as a son, what are you, or as a child, what is your duty? You know, how far do you carry that duty. I think sometimes it's, it's very interesting how we, we look at the West and we go, they have so much more freedom. But mm -hmm. it's also something that, a, that the parent pushes forwards. Yeah. So it, it's, 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 a, it's a cycle, isn't yeah. it? It's, sometimes it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. If we can't let go of it, then it keeps going round and round and round like yeah. that. Yeah. And sometimes I think actually in the West, we think we have a lot of freedom, but we but actually don't. don't. You yeah. know, we're so beholden to these systems of, you know, the patriarchies yes. and capitalism. Right. And it's so like inculcated in us that we have to do these certain things. And we kind of a lot of us sleepwalk through without really we, questioning mm. like who we are and what mm. we want and why we're here. So maybe there's less freedom than it looks like. I know. I think it's always, the grass is always greener on the other side, <laughs> I know. right? And you think like, oh, if only I could. But you know, as a parent, do you try to be their friend first or their mother first? I, I try to be, you know, I think in my case, it was interesting because I grew up, my, my kid's dad was a traveling musician, is a traveling musician. So I was home alone with them a lot. And then we ended up getting separated and... So I kind of tried to be energetically mother and father and friend and playmate, you know? So a, a lot of times I question that, like, you know, especially when, if, you, if, they're in a, if your kids are in a situation where you think, oh gosh, I don't want them to be hurt by a divorce or by mm -hmm. friends, you know, that's where I think we get weak and kind of become a friend. I think there's a way to model and be a mother and have those boundaries and expectations, mm -hmm. but also have a child not feel judged. Right, and right. Like, like I think my mother's generation, there was no way to express like, hey, you could do that better without a lot of judgment and shame. Mm, mm. And so that's what I really tried to avoid. Right, right. I think that with sometimes a lot of Asian families, like, <gasps> you're number two? Yeah. How that happened, right? right? <laughs> 
That's horrible. <laughs> I know. It's like the word of praise is so hard to come out of their mouth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so it's so different. It's like with nowadays it's very different. And nowadays yeah. when I see but it's almost like it's too much when you overcompensate. Yeah. You know, it's and when we were kids, you never answer back to your parents, you know. Right. Nowadays we're, we're talking, about, we're saying we're having a conversation. But sometimes when you look at a little kid, that's not a conversation <laughs> with your elder that right. you should be having. Right. So it's like you say, boundaries and what it is to to yeah. adjust. Yeah, is tough. And did you? Am I right that you at one point thought you wanted to start a family, so you stepped back from mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. acting? So I, when I we got married, we decided, and I I don't know how women especially in our in our line of work do when they juggle being pregnant having yeah. a baby going back to I work. don't know how they do it I seriously I I'm not a multitasker my attitude has always been if I'm going to do something I have to be able to have given it my best shot yeah right yep. otherwise it, it will always feel like you didn't try your best mm-hmm. it wasn't about him or Anybody else? Mm-hmm. First of all, you have to be honest with yourself. You know, it's getting over that hurdle. And I, when, and you know, with our work, we're always traveling. If you're filming outside of the country, it's like you know, I maybe will not see each other for a couple of months. You know, and when both parties it's work, it's, it's hard to to find that balance. So I did. It was conscious. It didn't wasn't pressure on his part. It was. My own decision, my choice mm-hmm. at that point to say, if I want to have a real married life and mm-hmm. be be able to fulfill all these kind of things, and it would be good, then, you know, I would enjoy this mm-hmm. as well. So I s- stepped away from it. Right. You know, it's like when you had your babies, you, were, you, cho- you chose to. Mm-hmm. You said, I'm going to take this time out. And that's the only time when you can really give them what you feel they need. But yeah. it's also... It's satisfaction for yourself. Yeah. Well, it it really is work to nurture a marriage and to... Yes. It's, you know, I always feel like if people just leave it and don't give it any attention, don't focus on the quality of communication and having the hard conversations and really saying what you want, it it, it becomes really difficult for it to thrive. Superficial. Yeah. I mean, you become strangers and you wonder why you drift apart because you don't share in life, you don't share in conversation. You don't know what the other person mm-hmm. is up to. I love my space. I love to be. It's like Jean and I have a really, really good relationship. And I you mean, just got married, right? Yeah, after nineteen years. After we nineteen did it. years, <laughs> I'm going to ask you about that too. <laughs> it's like, what are we thinking? <laughs> but your yes. first. How old were you when you were first married? Your first. Marriage? I was 28. Oh, you were 28. Yeah. Okay. So I was old enough. Yeah. You know, because um, my mom was married when she was 21, 20. Right. So even at that stage, we were encouraged to get married mm. at, in your 20s, you know, to, to find the right guy, to settle down. That, I mean, that was my mom's biggest wish for me yeah. as well. And I think a lot of the times that her generation of mothers have that wish for mm-hmm. their daughters, you right. know, to find a good man, you know, to be able to settle down and mm. be well taken care of. Of course. Yeah. So that sounds it, pretty good to me right about now. I gotta <laughs> tell you. <laughs> but I tell you no. <laughs> because then you lose your sense of freedom. Right. You don't have your independence, right? right? You're always depending on him to tell you what it what's the right thing to do, where mm. to go, what you know. It's true. And That's then true. your life is dictated by the mm-hmm. whole the whole system. Yeah. 
the wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Were you sad that you didn't end up having children in your first marriage? Oh, yes. Yeah, oh. I mean, still sad. I mean, I love kids. That's one of the, the biggest joy in anybody's mm-hmm. life. But it is what it is, yeah. right? I yep. mean, it wasn't for the lack of trying. Right. We we did whatever we it was necessary mm-hmm. to, to try. And unfortunately, it wasn't I, was, meant to be. I was physically, I was unable to. And I felt at that point, it again, it was really my choice as well because I didn't want because I knew my ex really wanted a big family right not just one son but two sons or three even better because you know he was working hard for a big empire and he needed sons to carry his his lineage (laughs) so I was looking at myself going like oh god 10 years down the road you can't even have one what are we gonna do that would be too late right to is that why you parted really to one that's one of the main reasons because i think that's tough on any and i think sometimes on hindsight now i think i it was the smart thing for me to do Mm -hmm. to be able to be able to step away and not pretend that it will work out you know yes yes we did love each other Mm. but then you know it it doesn't get better right because you know there are expectations so it, it was a tough Tough thing. I'm and sorry. I guess that's one of the reasons why we are still good friends today. That's great. His eldest daughter is my first godchild. Oh, so, yeah. That's his, so sweet. <laughs> his first ex wife and I are like, we call each other. <laughs> <laughs> we go on holidays with each other. <laughs> when she was the YPO, I would, I would be her plus one. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And we, we, I think it's, it's, it's moving forward, yeah. it's accepting and letting go. Yeah. It's all the yeah. same thing. So it was it was tough, but now I'm very blessed because now all my friends throw their kids at me, so I have six godchildren. <laughs> that says a lot about you, Michelle. You know, I mean, to be made godmother that many times. I yeah, think it's, it's, it says a lot. <laughs> it's like, okay, guys, <laughs> enough, no more. Yeah, now I have grandchildren, which is even That's better. So nice. So you end up with stepchildren, right? Yes. I mean, Jean has one. He has one. Okay. Yeah, one son and Nicola, and he calls me girlfriend I call him boyfriend so I mean cute. we have a very complicated relationship <laughs> <laughs> well, but we're very very good friends that's so, amazing yeah that's in fact cool. when his girlfriend got pregnant I, he told me before he told his dad oh really <laughs> that's so nice you know it's funny like the role of a stepmother and you know I'm a stepmother too and it's you know initially it was so complicated and so difficult but they, they were just at like the wrong age oh, you know <laughs> that is much more complicated but you know as the years have gone by it's such a gift to have these incredible kids in my life and i love them so much right. and it's like a different kind of love that i never really knew i had it's it you know it you, you don't have to be bonded by blood no you don't there's a certain you know karma there's a certain yes. you don't know what it is but it's that a was, buddhist take on yeah. uh, being a step parent <laughs> i like it all comes from the past <laughs> destiny you know so it is very nice and in fact our grandchild was born on the first 
because when we went back to um, celebrate the New Year's with Nicola and Darina, on New Year's Eve, he said to me, when are you leaving? So I said, I'm leaving on the 2nd to go to Los Angeles. And he says, you know, the baby is due on January the 30th. Where are you? And I'm like, I'm going to be in Toronto. I'll be filming there. He was, you mean, what kind of grandmother are you? you mean you're not <laughs> going to be here when the baby is one? When do you come back? I said, I think I'll come back in March. He said, the baby will be walking. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was giving me such a hard time. He was like, how can you leave? What do you mean? You promised to be my babysitter. And oh now you're going to leave me all. Then the baby appeared on the first. That is so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> That was the best thing ever. Amazing. That's <laughs> it was quite like, that was, early. Big surprise. <laughs> yes, but healthy, like wow, mighty set great. of lungs. Oh, it was Born amazing. in France? In Geneva. Born in Geneva. Yeah. yeah. So tell me why you said yes to doing the brother's son with my husband. Oh, you know what? When I received the script, I saw your husband's name there, and I was like... I want to work with this guy because I've seen all the, the shows all that the shows. he's done. And I've always been very fascinated by how he always pushed the, the boundaries. And I thought, okay, I want to see if it's actually him who pushes the boundaries or somebody else. Right. right. And I was very pleasantly surprised when I read the script and I thought, this, this is something that's not really been done here in America before, yeah. you know, to talk about the gangsters and this way. And in such a... That's what I love about uh, Brad's other shows. There's some kind of dark humor in them. Sometimes it's a little <laughs> twisted. <laughs> and I thought, this is the best way to tell a story like this because we don't want to glorify triads or anything like that and make you, make you feel like, oh, yeah, it's so super cool to be a gangster, where it's not. It's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> in the show, if it's pretty a, cool. If you're a, a brother's son, it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, it's not. So when I read it, and also it was a character, I've, a, a kind of mother that I've not played before. Right. Because, you know, I came from playing Eleanor Young and Crazy Rich Asians and, the, so and then Evelyn Wong and everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. And then now I another E. <laughs> I, I wonder if they did it on purpose. I don't think they did. <laughs> no, but it's so amazing. So my third E, Eileen, you know, son, is this fascinating woman, a mother who would do anything for her children mm -hmm. and very extreme. Yeah. As, as you will find out. Oh, yeah. So plus the fact that your husband was producing at the showrunner and all that, and he's dropped that gorgeous. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's good to, to look at someone. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> and I love the fact that, that it's so collaborative. Mm -hmm. You know, after you read the script, <clears throat> either it appeals to you or it doesn't. Right. But for me, apart from the script, the script appealing, it's also the people who are working on it that's mm -hmm. very important to me. Yeah. Because I think right now we have choices. Mm -hmm. We can choose what we want to do with our time. Mm -hmm. And the choice is like, I'm not going to do a, a script where I don't find it fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then I don't think the people that I will be working with is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so in that way, I don't. I would prefer to be home with my family, of you course. know, running around with the kids and be a... A good babysitter yeah. <laughs> for a change. <laughs> so I met with them and I was fascinated. And I really, really was. 
So great. And have you done television before? I had. Oh, yes, you've done yeah. Star Trek. Yes. Star, yes, of yes, course. Star Trek Discovery. That. Yes, yes, right. yes, yeah. of course. It's, of like, course. <laughs> it's very different because Star Trek is, you know, it's episodic in the sense it's not just one one. Right, because this is like one, you know. That universe just keeps going yes, and going yes. and going, right? And then I did, I only guest appeared in American Born Chinese, which was oh. the Disney Plus one. Okay. But Brother's Son is really my own show. Yeah. Right. I but know, I must yeah. say, when they first, I, I think David Unger was the one who called me and said, oh, they want you to play Mama Son. And I go like, I don't want to play a Mama Son. I've already, I played Mamos of, of a Geisha already. I've done that. He doesn't no, Mama Son. I'm like, what? <laughs> so he's a Mama, oh, that son, <laughs> the name son. The name son. <laughs> yeah. And what is it about, how would you describe her character? You said it's very different from the other mothers that you've played. And it turns out to be such a surprise who she actually is. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that, it was funny because I remember Brad, you know, this is it's typical of him to always want to enter a world that he doesn't know a lot about, you know? So like, whether it's Pose or, you know, he was the only white guy in the writer's room. <laughs> He's like, it's critical that everyone, it, it's an all Asian writer's room. I can be the only white guy in here. And he learned, he, it was so incredible. Like he would come home and tell me about like a Taiwanese mom and how they behave and what this means when they say, yeah, do whatever you want. And that it means <laughs> the opposite. opposite. <laughs> yeah. And all these amazing intricacies of like, mm -hmm. of the what nuances, it is. right? Yes. Right. No, I think that's where I find him very interesting is like, we want to be challenged the whole time. Yeah. I want to be able to walk into a project where I'm going to learn. I mean, for selfish yeah. reasons, I want to be always learning. Yeah, me because too. Because God forbid, you know, you think you you know everything, then it's only downhill from there, yeah. right? So it's it's fantastic. And what I love is that the fact that he championed an all Asian story. It's so cool. It is so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's also his first production for his own company. Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah, it is. So for me, that he has taken this on meant a lot yeah that's one of the one of the main reasons apart of course that i play number one of course <laughs> number one on the call sheet uh, makes a big difference but <laughs> it, it just went to show how much he believed in it mm. right because i i only want to work with people who believe yeah, in what they are doing because when you do that then you're passionate about it mm. and it will show it will come across as and it will show not just on the pages but mm. you know on screen, you yeah. will feel that passion. You will feel all those emotions. For sure. And the first time when he brought all the kids to your home. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> no, it was good because, you know, it also showed them that he was caring. He, he hears them. He yeah. sees them. Yeah. And that is what we all want to be. Yeah. You know, that's his great gift yeah. is, is being able to be present and hear. Like mm. he sees people so deeply and right. it's a gift that he has yeah. for sure. It's a, it's, it's a very, very, very valuable gift. How is it doing such physical stuff? Oh, fun. Still fun. Oh my God. If it wasn't, I wouldn't do it. I, I mean, mean, sometimes I, I look and I think like, I'm 10 years younger than you, and I can't. I could never lift my leg that high. Like, oh my that's god! Because I do it every day. Right. <laughs> I think that's the thing: is not to stop. And still ballet, 
or oh, no. no, I've stopped ballet a very long time ago, unfortunately. Because, you know, ballet is, you have to be dedicated. Yeah. And also, you have to be able to attend the classes. Yeah. It's not really something that you can do on your own. Yeah. Not like a martial arts or karate. You know, when yeah. I do a lot of shadow boxing, I do a lot of training by myself. Because the easiest is to say, oh, well, you know, there's no one to train with. Yeah. So we'll do it the next time right. or the next day or whatever it is. So with this, I can do it every day. I'm doing it every day so that I am I'm in practice. Wow. Yeah. So that I can, you know, hop onto the set the next day and go, okay, I'm ready for you. Wow. Let's do this. So even if you're not filming even every if I'm day. Not filming. And will you tell me a little bit? I mean, we're at Goop, so you have to tell me about your <laughs> fitness and wellness regime. <laughs> No, I think I should learn from you. <laughs> no, mine, uh, I'm terrible. I mean, I, I, one thing that I do is a lot of stretching mm -hmm. because the core is one of the most important things. I'm trying to learn how to meditate, mm -hmm. failing miserably. Really? Oh, yeah, but I love it, though, because it's, it's the, the process of yeah. doing it. And so I, how do you, how, why do you say you're failing at it? No, because I, you know, when you try to... You stop the timer and say, forget it. Oh, no, it. I don't do that. Oh. You know, in the old days where they say you have to clear your mind, clear your mind, it's BS, right? Yeah. You do not clear your you mind. You do not your clear mind your mind. will never be cleared. But I, a very dear friend, Jet, Jet Lee, so oh, he yeah. introduced me to his name dropper. And he, he, what do you call it? Na oh, I said name dropper. Oh, <laughs> wait till I drop more names. So, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but he was, the, he is amazing. He, met, he tells me he meditates eight hours. What? Yeah, a day. What, what is he doing with the rest of his life? But don't worry, he, they do it together. I mean, him, him and his wife. Wow. So, you know, it's like, I guess nobody talks to anyone. Maybe that's the way to keep a marriage happy. <laughs> I don't know. They've worked it out somehow. But of course, it's not eight hours in one stretch. Okay. So his Rinpoche was saying to me, it's like, you know, you don't, you know how the, the concept of sitting in, the lotus position, yeah. and then everybody goes, total BS, he says. Yeah. You can be in any position, it's whether it's just your breathing, it could be a few seconds, it doesn't have to be 15 minutes, you don't have to put on a timer. Yeah, He said, you just do it whenever you want to do That's it. That's true. And just be relaxed I just, about it. Actually, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to work with this amazing meditation app company that teaches how to do it with your eyes open as well. Mm -hmm. Because you can be, you know... Mm anywhere and that's do right it. i do it now when yeah. i'm hiking when i'm walking because so it's great. all about yep. your breathing it's all about if you can i have a vocal mantra in my head mm. so he says as long as you're saying that mantra in your you're head you are already meditating yeah. it's a focus so right? it doesn't sound like you're failing it sounds like you're succeeding I, I, I prefer to think that i'm failing so then i keep trying <laughs> to be better at it <laughs> that might be a trauma response michelle i might suffer from the same problem <laughs> so okay so do you meditate in the morning yeah is sleep important like how do you oh, I the wish, pie chart of oh, your day i don't i don't i've learned not to do that anymore you know you get frustrated it's yeah. Like, what is the right amount of hours you're supposed to sleep? Yeah. So now I'm like, if I wake up at three, I wake up at three. It's, you know, someone is going to be awake somewhere in the world. That's right. <laughs> and then if I wake up very early, which I tend to, then that's the time when I just take that time to breathe, that's say nice. my own little mantra to myself, you know, do mm. my stretches in bed and things like that. That's so great. Yeah. Okay. And then what happens? 
And then coffee. Coffee. <laughs> and then when do you train? No, then, then after that I train. Okay. If I can get onto an elliptical, that's my go-to yeah. exercise machine. If the weather was good, I like to walk. Yeah. I love hiking. I love being out in nature and things like that. If not, if it's raining, if I don't have an exercise machine, I just do shadow boxing. Just in your room? In my room. That's amazing. I see, I don't give myself uh, an excuse. Mm -hmm. If I have this space, I will use this space. Yeah. So that's that, that kind of discipline is so important. But I think it's a, it's a way of life is, you know, when you, it's hygiene. Yes, exactly. Right. I mean, you wake up, you don't think about it. You brush your teeth and comb your hair and you do the whole works. Yeah. So I've incorporated the exercise into that. Into That's what that. I've done. I can do well. my stretches while I'm brushing my teeth, and, you know, and then I do my squats and I do my leg lifts. So. It's so great. Yeah. I mean, it's so inspiring to see how strong you are, you know, and it's just that we don't have to. I'm just like dealing with menopause stuff right now. And feeling <sighs> I, luckily, I've I'm, done with that. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to be done. I just want to be done. Oh, it, it, it can be. Frustrating. It's really, it's not. The flushes. Is yeah. Like, oh. It's not for the faint of heart. I was in a meeting earlier and I wanted to rip my sweater off. I thought, I'm at work. I'm not going to do that. Uh, ice cubes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think I need some. What do you eat? Let's get into that. Oh, I eat everything. That's good. Mm. Yes. What is your favorite thing to order at dim sum? Oh, chicken feet. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you serious? You asked. Okay. <laughs> Don't, don't give that. I can't do that. Don't, don't give me that. It's the collagen. It's the well, soft It's so bone. good for you, right? Yes. Yeah. The, the, the Chinese believe if you eat something like tendons or, you know, the things with collagen, wow. it's supposed to be good for that particular part of your body. So oh. lots so, of chicken feet, lots of soft bone. Okay. My favorite is, I can't pronounce it, and although Brad was trying to teach me how to say it in Chinese. It's like the fried... The f- it's like a like the spring roll. No, it's like fried dough, and then they wrap it in rice paper. Oh, you know, uh, right? Chang fun. Thank you. Chi chang fun. I yeah. love that. That's my favorite. Do you still? Oh, yeah? That's my favorite. I love dim sum. Oh, me it's too. like my favorite. We do. We just had that before we came here. Oh, you did? <laughs> yes. Where did you go? No, we ordered in. Oh, okay. That's okay. Is there good? Are there good places in Paris? Yes, there are. I think it's, it's, you just have to discover them because right now we have like the Peninsula Hotel, yeah. the Shangri-La. The, the Shangri-La, Mandra, the yes, food there is amazing. It's very good. I always well, eat there. Well, because they come from a Chinese family, right? right. The Kwok brothers, they, the Kwok family. Oh. So they run and they always have chefs brought in from Asia, wherever they are. Brad said, <laughs> I took him there for dinner and he said, I want this to be my last meal. So when I die... <laughs> This is what I want the night before. I was like, I don't know if I can plan that, but I'll try. Oh my god! I know he loved it. So, do, and the peninsula is good too. In in Paris, okay. yes, for the Chinese food, they have a okay. really amazing Chinese restaurant. Oh, that's so good yeah. to know. Yeah, I mean, I I have to ask you about winning the Oscar last year. <laughs> Just because when, was that? when you won, I won. In, I remember that pink dress. Oh my gosh! I I think yeah, I forced the pink dress on everyone. That was in <laughs> 1998 or nine. I want to say I was 26. Oh wow! Isn't that a lot of pressure to win the Oscars yeah. when you're that young? It was really 
a lot. I mean, what is your next, right? When well, exactly. is your next? And what, then what do everyone... you do to top that? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I feel like everybody stops rooting for you, you know, when you're that young. It's like, yeah, it's sort of, it's, like, it's sort of annoying that I, you won. I, right. No, I think I understand what you mean. It's almost like, Oh God, how can you win when you're, you're so young? Yeah. You haven't even, you know, been tormented and tortured for exactly. long enough exactly. to already get that. Uh, yeah. And God forbid if you get another nomination I know. very quick soon after that. I know. So it was a lot. It was, I think it's hard to win at that age when you don't really, you know, when I, I didn't know who I was. Yeah. I I didn't know what I wanted. Like I was such a kid still. But you wanted to be an actress though. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, my mom is an actress, yes. so I wanted to do what she did, you know, like she was so powerful when she was acting and so happy. Mm. And so I was like, oh, that's how you get freedom is to do, be on stage, you know? So, wow. so I, I just followed her. And then I think, you know, what, by the time I was about 30 is when I started to think, I'm not sure that I really want to do this. And I think winning the Oscar was you know, as I mean, it's probably much different when you are a grown up, really, and you win and you know who you are and mm. you have struggled. But I think I felt very exposed mm. and like that the energetic force of everybody like looking at me and talking about me was a lot. It right. was it didn't feel wound comforted. No, I wasn't. You didn't feel like I people didn't were no. like. You I didn't. Know, I, championing I, I no. You. Oh gosh, I didn't that's feel. Tough. No, I didn't at all. That is honestly. really, really tough. Yeah. No. But when you won, when I was headed towards that direction, you felt. You I can really feel it. Felt you know the pressure. Yeah. Of, especially the people from my side, from our part of the world, whether it's in America, in Europe, and especially in Asia, that hunger right and it was, have it was a, tough because people would come out and say you can do this you have to do this right because you're, like, you're representing a whole yes. race of like, people but, but it's not up to me <laughs> right <laughs> i mean people still like just the other day they said you knew you were going to win right i'm like no you didn't even after winning all the other stuff because i only literally won sag right but i didn't it, it wasn't a lot of i others. thought you won I won a Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah, Golden Globe. But then Globe. we were separated. You know, when Golden Globes is oh. like drama and musical oh, and comedy, of course, right? Then you don't feel that you feel a lot more. Oh, there's room to play with. You know, you keep your fingers crossed. Right. But I think it was BAFTA that smacked us all in the head oh. when you know it, nothing. It was just I think we only won the for editing. Oh. It, yeah. So we all came. Like, oh. oh no, my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But I think my proudest mo was SAG. That it was yeah. a complete surprise. I know I, I cussed and swore and did everything. That it was perfect. Else. It was perfect. Oh my god! It was amazing. And uh, to think, like you know, to be the first uh, one yeah. in that way is so uh, moving and so it powerful. Was. It was. It it changed. I think it changed the lives of so many youngsters. Yes, who of really felt. We can do this, you know? Yes. And we, this is why representation is so, so important. important. Yeah. When it's we so fought important. so long 
for yeah. and hard for it. So it was. I mean, I think at that point when I was sitting there and thinking, oh no, if I don't win, how am I going to go home? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can. I, I don't know how to walk into that that room anymore. I remember seeing like, was it videos of your mom and everyone at home? Like I saw it on the oh news. Oh my God. Because my sister-in-law, you know, bless her. Because, you know, it was like, my mom couldn't travel all that way here. Right. And also I knew how difficult it would be. I wouldn't be able to look after her. Right. And so then she organized, at first she said, oh no, we'll have like 40 friends of her friends. And then <laughs> the next thing I knew was like, what? You have how many hundred, what? There. And so can you imagine the time difference? People were- What time was it there? They had to go at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> and But they were, in, they were so sporting. They dressed up, you know, I'm like they were amazing. walking the red carpet. Amazing. They were doing all that. And then at, one, at some point, you know, as the night went on, and of course, I always have to be like the second to last, right? Of and you're sitting there going, I remember at that point, um, just before that, I was thinking to myself, oh, Jamie had this thing. She would give us each a little uh, gold ball. It was like, it started with the Golden Globes. And she said, okay, here, have this. And we go like, what? She said, at least you will have the Golden Globe to go <laughs> home with. <laughs> So that became sort of our good luck charm. Right. right? You're Every passing it back and yes. forth. Yes, and so she would give it all one. Amazing. And at that point, my my purse had dropped, my ball rolled down. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, you're right. And I was going like, where is my ball? <laughs> it's not funny. At that point, and then I was thinking, oh, my God, if I lose, my mother is sitting there with like 400 people. I wouldn't know what to do. Oh I seriously God. wouldn't know what to do. And then, of course, at this point, Jamie reaches across because she's sitting, John was here, I was here, Jamie, and then Key. And both of them have their Oscars on the floor next to them, right. of course. And then she reached across the go, And then Key went, mm. I was like, what the hell does that mean? It's like, don't worry, even if you lose, we still love you. <laughs> I'm like, wow, thank you guys. I feel great. <laughs> oh my God. And so do you remember what it felt like when they said your name? Who Was gave it? it to you? I can't remember who gave it. Halle Berry. Oh, Halle Berry. Yes. Amazing. Wow. Jessica, Halle, and myself. That's so great. And I have this amazing picture of us arm and arm we walked off the stage holding each other and it was just like the perfect oh, combination amazing when you know when the names are called yeah. out like you're sitting there going like oh, <gasps> oh god it's it was crazy like, yes oh it's my so god crazy. it's like I, I had a, like a total out of body experience i thought i can't i can't even be in this body right now it's just too intense it really is right yeah at that point, and all I, all I remembered was Jean jumped up and was there, you know, everybody was hugging me. And you're like, then the thing is like, I have stage fright. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? And Jamie was like, go on stage, go on stage. And the worst thing that happens is that, you know how they have that teleprompter at the back? Yeah. And within a few seconds, they say, please wrap, wrap it up. up. <laughs> wrap it up. And it kept flashing fast. You're like, I'm the first fucking Asian woman to win Best Actress on the Staying I'm Up really Here. I'm really going to kick your ass, okay? If you do that one more time. I know martial arts. <laughs> yeah. Take that down. <laughs> I'm going to just leap across the heads and... Oh, my God. Uh, no, no, no. It was fun. And where is it? Where do you keep it? At the moment... It's traveled back to, it's in Geneva with, with Jean. Because yeah, we took it to Malaysia to be with my It had mom. a world tour. It, it has been. He's wide, well-traveled. He's been all over <laughs> yeah, the place. Yeah, so it's good. Now, Jean is this, like, his baby. 
<laughs> when you're traveling, he can sleep with your Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> he literally carries him around. He's so cute. That's so sweet. That's so proud and loving. Yeah. He's very, that. very proud. Very and how does proud. it feel now, like that it's been almost a year? You know, sometimes it feels, it's still overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. It still is. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I still haven't come to a point where I've, I don't know what's happened. Sometimes you don't know what's happening yeah. and you go, oh my God, it's a year. Because now, very soon, we're talking yeah. about the next Oscars. Yeah, yeah. And Are you going to um, go and present? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Definitely. Can't wait to do that. Now I can sit back. <laughs> <laughs> when I watch them do the actors on actors, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like I had to go through all. No, but when you were there, first, I think first time doing it, it was scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Because you've not been down that path before. Mm -hmm. You don't really understand what's going on. But I had a great publicist in Liz and uh, the people from A24 were fantastic. Mm -hmm. So they, they really ra rallied around us. That's great. And um, because, you know, <clears throat> it was like, it's it's almost like a campaign. It's like a political yeah, campaign. It's right? unbelievable. And you go, what? You have to do this when? How? Yeah. So then all the things leading up to that. Yeah. And not to overdo this or overdo that and do enough and be. Yeah. And you're so scared that you're going to say the wrong thing. And mm -hmm. oh, so it was it's like. Intense. But so beautiful, so well-deserved, oh, and it was so exciting to see. Uh, no, it was. It was overwhelming. It, it still is. I think there are moments, and the best part is, like, the, the, you see and you feel the yeah. joy, yeah. you know, when they, when they come up to you and they congratulate you. Yeah. You can see how really, really happy they are for you, and that's really nice. Yeah. And I'm sad you didn't have the same experience when, you know, because, like, right yeah. now I feel that it's, like, it was so important that yeah. I did the And in, in a way they felt like you did this for us. Yeah. So, you know, we're here for you. Which that's is amazing. So, yeah, it that's is amazing. Great. That's amazing. Yeah. And what, just as our last question, what, what, what are you looking forward to in 2024? Oh, more new things to play with. <laughs> Lots of acting. And, yeah, yeah, I love what I do. Yeah. I think you have to. This has to be a passion. Yeah. If it's just a, a job, yeah. I don't think you'd, you'd enjoy it because yeah. the hours are crazy. Crazy. Right? The, it's emotional, yeah. you know. And I'm not a very good people person. I don't like crowd. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I like to be at home. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so it is It is work on the other side when you have to Energetically, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Especially if you're more of an introverted person like yeah. I am. Yeah, right. So you know how it, it is an effort. Yeah, it is. You know, to go out there and I'm worse at small talk. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go to the party. I don't know what to say. Well, I hope that it brings season two of The Brother's Me Son. Me too. <laughs> because there are so many. Because when we were talking about season one, we would, you know, because I love to work with backstories yeah. of the characters. Yeah. It's like, how do, how do they become the way they are yeah. right now? And then, you know, what happens to them, how they change and how they are forced to change mm -hmm. or not. And this character, these, these, the two sons and the mother, and so even good. the dad, right? That di dynamic, the whole situation. Yeah. Well, I hope we were trying to make Brad take us all to Taiwan. Yeah, that would be really <laughs> that good. That would be really fun. I'm going if you yeah. guys are going. We have to go. <laughs> 
That's the best reason for doing season two. Exactly. <laughs> that we all travel together. And dim sum every Sunday. Yes. Oh, that's a Taiwanese food. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Michelle, thank you so much no, for being on the you. pod. It's been so much fun. It's been amazing. You're so inspirational. Oh, really, you. truly, you really are. Oh, and you. it's been an honor. Thank you no, so much thank for you coming. Thank you for this privilege. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Michelle Yeoh. The Brother Son is now on Netflix, and it's a must-watch. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. I hope you'll listen, follow, rate, and review all of our episodes, which are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts.